Good afternoon. Welcome to the North Point of View. I'm here with Dr. Walter Kimsies. Walter. Mark. How you doing? Ah, it's good, man. It's just always good to hang with you. Good to be back. Yeah. Um, all right. We were um, first segment earlier uh, talking about China, the debt. Uh, you and I have been talking about the, the you know, the parallels, um, the uh, sort of the quote, the question of the day was, is today's China yesterday's Japan? Right. And from a, an historic standpoint, I, I don't know the dates like you do, but I mean, Japan's recession lasted over two decades, right? Yes. It uh, was a scary recession. Yeah. And they just, I mean, hit the skids forever. Stock market flat for literally 25 years. Yep. The, uh, the Nikkei peaked in 1989, and it did not recover its peak until, I want to say, 2016. I got to go look that up. So don't quote me on that, anybody. Yeah. Okay, but it was it was essentially that long, 20, 25 years. And so what, what are the parallels with um, the Japan of, you know, the late 80s with where China is today? All right, so I'm going to keep it few few things. There's a lot of stuff that, yeah. that's very similar. But the key thing is the population growth rate in Japan was declining. Yeah. And we've talked about this yeah. before. We yep. know as you urbanize a population, you know, urban kids are too expensive, so you have few of them. Yeah. And, and these are megatrends yeah. that like every country, I mean, you and I have looked at the charts yeah. and you can go through and it's a, it's a very strong uh, mm -hmm. indicator. Right. right of of the future of of a country. Oh, absolutely, because <clears throat> you know what drives GDP, are two things, it's the growth of the uh, the labor force, and it's the growth in the output per worker. Right. And so what happened to Japan is their population growth rate was tanking pretty badly, and as it goes down to zero, any positive GDP growth number you have is driven by productivity growth. Yeah. Only. So, exactly. Right. So, for example, right now, the U.S., we talked about it a couple months ago, but it's 0.2% is the working force population forecast for the U.S. for the next 10 years. Yeah. So what do you think our GDP growth forecast is going to be? Well, it's going to be 0.2 plus whatever productivity growth. Who's good at forecasting productivity growth? Raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me. All right. Nobody's good at that. And so that's why things get really tricky. But that's Japan, why everybody's hanging their hat on the AI right now, too, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah the AI is going to save it. It's going to make us. Come on. This isn't real AI. It's fake AI. But that's another, that's another, another discussion. Another discussion. All right. So um, Japan started to feel the pressures of lower and lower population growth. They had saved up an awful lot of money. There was a lot of capital. Um, and uh, a lot of that money went into real estate. You know, it was, a, it was considered a safe investment. Uh, not just in Japan, but also in the U.S. You might remember right. the Rockefeller Center building was bought by a Japanese fund. Right. But it's always a mistake, you know, to just walk into another market and buy their real estate. Uh, some of the Japanese investors got burned, especially in, in the, on the, along the Gulf Coast, because they were playing another man's game. Yep. Which, you know, yep. You've taught me before. You don't do that. Okay. <laughs> So anyways, but the real estate valuations in Japan went sky high. All those buildings in Tokyo and Kyoto and just wonderful cities, but it was out of kilter. 
And a lot of this was owned by banks, and banks had loans against that. And the banks in Japan at the time had gotten up to being worth four times more than Japan's GDP. Wow. So that was a warning sign. Yeah. But, you know, um, as we've talked about before in bubbles, you know, fear and greed, it's all about the greed. Well, eventually this came to an end. It blew up in 1989. And uh, as the banking system started to come apart because the banks are all connected. You know, you make me a loan to me, I go deposit it, you know, in, in, in Jimmy's bank, and then Jimmy makes a loan and that money gets deposited in your bank. And so the whole system is cash flows going back and forth amongst all the it's banks. connected. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, like people learned in 2008 when the Fed stupidly let Lehman Brothers blow up. It was like shutting down I-95 from Boston to Miami. Yep. A mistake. So that's what happened early on in Japan. Uh, the banks then, you know, weren't very honest in disclosing who they owed money to. And uh, in the meantime, they couldn't make any loans because they didn't have as much money as they implied they did. And uh, Japan's growth rate started to drop. The population growth rate was slower and slower and the productivity growth wasn't that great. In the meantime, in 1987, Reagan had dropped 100% tariffs on Japanese exports to the US, particularly tools and electronics. So that prompted the Japanese companies to go open factories in Hong Kong, Taiwan, Korea, eventually China. And they would send the components from Japan into those countries. Then they would do the final assembly. And this was all tariff-free. And then ship it to the U.S. tariff-free. So at this point, we've got the decline in the workforce population, right? Mm -hmm. We've got an over-dependence, a leverage on real estate, and a, tar a tariff situation, right? Exactly. Three common denominators. Right. Now we go look at China today. Working age population has been declining since 2016 according to these you know, international statistics And it's agencies. a pretty easy trend line to look when you know the history of what the Chinese yes. government's been doing. Exactly. Look, they, they urbanized the population. That really hurts population growth. And then they left the one-child policy too long. Yeah. So that's not going to be good. Uh, Japan's problem wasn't as bad in the sense that the, the pyramid, the population pyramid, so if you plot by age group how many men and women there are on the horizontal axis, it looks like a pyramid, roughly equal numbers. And then when you, as you go up, you get fewer and fewer older people because they've died off. You look at China's and you've got the male side like this and the female side like that. Yeah. So it's too many boys, too few girls. So for the population growth rate to pick up uh, in China, the only way you're going to do it is if you force everybody out of the cities and send them back to the farms. Because in an urban setting, a child is too expensive. We've talked about that, right? I mean, you have to have their own room, their own car, you pay for college education, private school. And if they're ugly, maybe a nose job before they go to the college interviews because, you know, he heaven knows that some of these better colleges hire you for your looks and not for your brains. Yeah, I mean, you, you take a look at, at just the, the raw numbers in terms of... Uh, you know, trying to reverse the trends in a, in a nation like China, it just, it's just doesn't work. No, and Japan tried in vain. And so we learned a lot of ways that it, that it won't work right. just by watching Japan. In fact, I'm an ardent student of Japan because I think America is going right after Japan and China. You know, our population growth rate is really low. So I'm trying to develop new instincts and I'm struggling because I grew up in a world of 2% population growth. Right. 
and all of a sudden it's zero. Yeah, flat line. Oh man, you're 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 all of the numbers in your head that you work things off of and forecast. It's 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 gone. Right. Okay, so we have these similar demographics. We have very high debt levels. We just talked about that in a previous podcast. Right. But the debt level in China is 297% debt to GDP. So that's another very similar thing in place. Uh, so I forgot what our third one was. Tariffs. The tariffs. So then uh, the previous administration slaps tariffs on uh, Chinese goods, roughly 75% of the harmonized system codes for the products. So, you know, I don't know what percentage of the total it is, but 75% of the product types got tariffs on them. And, uh, you know, we try to warn people that what you want to do is go buy land in Mexico because there were going to be a lot of new Chinese maquiladoras being put in place. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, nobody really covered it or thought about it much. But now all you read about is how Laredo's real estate market is exploding. Because right. that's where I-35, you know, goes through the U.S. and then over into Canada. So we call it the NAFTA corridor. Yeah. And uh, it's doing well. By the way, two-thirds of the U.S. population lives to the east of I-35. And yeah. so that's a good place to have an operation. Yeah. Chinese guys are putting, uh, Chinese guys, excuse me, Chinese companies are carefully putting in uh, their, their maculadoras. They're sending their components from China to Mexico final assembly. They're doing it into India. They're doing it in Vietnam. And the problem is, is the way people were looking at it, they say China is doing this. China is not doing that. China does not put factories in Mexico. It's Chinese companies. companies it's the do. private sector. Yeah. And so basically, this sounds what I'm seeing going on with so, All right. So the Japanese companies moved some of the operations away. And U.S. direct trade with Japan dropped from 24% share of our imports to 12%. And then our trade with the other countries rose from 6% to, you know, 18%. And so basically the direct trade fell and the indirect trade with Japan increased, but the net loser was the Japanese economy. And we see the same thing today. Exactly. That's yeah. what's going on with China. So, um, you know, uh, rinse and repeat. I think <laughs> I think today's China is yesterday's Japan. Yeah, uh, the writings the writings on the wall, and mm -hmm. as you look toward uh, India, as you look to Vietnam, as you look to Mexico, um, you see the the growth is evident in everything that we're seeing. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, exciting, uh, great insight. Looking. Uh, what, what do you call it? Back to the Future? Yeah, exactly. Is, that, is it Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2.0? I'm not sure. <laughs> great being with you. Have All a great right. day. Take care. Thanks, Walter.